to bring private sector investment from the United States has come to Northern Ireland and will continue. Order. Questions to the Prime Minister, Philip Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, sir. Mr. Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties this House, I shall have further such meetings later today. Philip Dunn. Can the Prime Minister explain why the pound has lost why the pound has lost over a quarter of its value against the US dollar in less than four months? Does he still believe what he said in 1992 that a weak currency arises from a weak economy, which in turn results from a weak government? Mr Speaker, I would advise Conservative members not to talk down the pound. And I would advise... I'd advise, I'd advise conserv- Conservative members to take the advice of Lady Thatcher, who, who said that trying to help the speculators and talk sterling down is the most un-British way. Gordon Marsden. Thank you, Mr Speaker. A strong skills base in both services and manufacturing is key to the recovery strategy the Prime Minister is now pursuing at home and abroad is also key to regenerating a town like Blackpool. Does the Prime Minister agree that this is a time to be expanding and not contracting investment in in skills, in apprenticeships, particularly in the public sector and also with small firms? Unlike the party opposite, we need need action and we need it now. Mr Speaker, I think what people want is real help for families and real help for businesses now. And I think people are beginning to understand that what is happening in the global economy is that while last year we had a major inflationary problem because of oil prices and because of food prices, in the coming year inflation will fall. It will enable us to put fiscal policy in support of monetary policy. And what I mean by fiscal policy is real help and real support to families and businesses now. That is the way for the economy to grow in the future. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I start by thanking the Prime Minister for agreeing to the full independent inquiry into Baby P that I asked for here last week. This This was never about politics. It was about getting to the truth, and I'm grateful we have that inquiry. Does the Prime Minister agree that bank reconstruction, which we all support, hasn't yet had the desired effect in terms of ensuring lower interest rates are passed on to businesses and that credit is genuinely freed up? Mr Speaker, first of all on uh, Baby P, I I think there is unity and common ground in in this House that we've got to act quickly on the report that will come on Haringey, that Lord Laming's work round the country is essential and we will look at what he says very, very carefully indeed. And that's in all our interests, that where there is failure, uh, we change the system. And where people are to blame for failures, they are held accountable. Now, as, 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 as for the banking system, I think we were right to recapitalise the banks. This has now been followed in every country of the world. The issue now is how the banks will resume funding to small businesses and funding to homeowners. And we are in discussion with the banks and every, every, every one of the banks about, first of all, how HBOS, Lloyds TSB and Royal Bank of Scotland 
can achieve their promise that they will have activity uh, for lending and marketing of lending at the level of 19, uh, 2007, and secondly, how all the banks can resume funding. And we will be bringing forward proposals very, very soon indeed. David Cameron. I'm grateful for what the Prime Minister says about the tragic case in Haringey and the need for proper accountability and responsibility, and there will be all parties' support for that. On the issue of talking to the banks, let me give the Prime Minister two specific cases we've been in touch with this morning. First, a manufacturer in Lancashire employing 120 people, now being charged £16,000 for a modest overdraft facility. Even more dramatically, let me give the Prime Minister an example of a small business in Leicestershire which wrote to us saying it had never breached its banking covenants, it had never exceeded its overdraft limit, yet it's had its overdraft facility withdrawn and cheques bounced. Don't cases like these show that what's been done so far, which we support, but what has been done so far has not yet worked properly and we need to do more on the credit side to make sure that small businesses like this aren't strangled? Well, Mr. Speaker, I've said all along that the banks have got to accept their responsibilities. We have done what we can. They have to accept their responsibilities to act in what is a manner that is responsible and fair. I will be happy to look at the individual cases that he's brought forward. But let me say we have expanded the small firms loan guarantee system to small businesses. We have also drawn on a European facility that could be worth up to £4 billion to help small businesses. We have already set up a monitor of what the banks are actually doing in every individual area and we will continue to monitor their work very closely. And I have to say also, uh, despite the predictions on the other side of the House, the Bank of England has also reduced interest rates and that must, that must flow through to small businesses as it has to homeowners. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Prime Minister said we've done what we can. My question is, don't we need to go ahead and consider doing more? Is the Prime Minister consider... Yeah. This is about small businesses in the real world that are struggling and want to know how we're going to get credit moving again. Now, is the... Is the Prime Minister prepared to consider more direct measures to get lending to business restarted, including the establishment of new institutions to underwrite lending so businesses can get the money that they need? And at the same time, can he tell the House, is he contemplating any further taxpayer investment into the banking system? Mr Speaker, the reason I mentioned what we'd already done is to remind the House of action that was being taken that was unfortunately opposed by the party opposite. The issue, now, the issue now is real help, as I said early on, for small businesses and for families. Real help, will mean, real help will mean that there will have to be some fiscal expansion to make that possible. Now, if the Leader of the Opposition is now telling me he will support that fiscal expansion to make that possible, then that is a change from yesterday, but a welcome change indeed. We will take all the measures that are necessary to help small businesses get the loan capital they need. But the opposition is going to have to be consistent if they're asking for fiscal action now. That was the opposite of what they were doing yesterday. I was asking about the constructive measures that need to be taken in terms of bank lending, and I don't think we got really much of an answer. He, he didn't answer the question about whether additional taxpayer support needs to go into the bank system, and people might draw their own conclusions from that. But turning to the pre-budget report, let's turn to the pre-budget report. I know the Prime Minister is keen to, and I know the Prime Minister is desperate to go on this borrowing binge. 
Everyone wants to know how he is going to pay for it. Now, the Employment Minister, the Business Secretary and the Chancellor have all said that taxes will have to rise. Isn't that true? First of all, on small businesses, let, 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 us, let us, let us, let us, The Prime Minister is answering. I can hear him answering. He may not answer the way that the Honourable Members want him to answer, but he's answering. Answer. Calling for action on small businesses. That means there will have to be a fiscal expansion to help small businesses. The problem is the Conservative Party has set the face against a fiscal expansion. And why are we proposing a fiscal expansion and why are the Conservatives opposing it? The reason is to bring back growth into the economy. And the best way of dealing with tax issues is to secure growth in the economy and to secure tax revenues. They are the do-nothing party when it comes to now, and they will let the country down by their actions. It's an amazing for a former Chancellor, but I think he's forgotten the difference between monetary policy and fiscal policy. He's forgotten. The, he's forgotten. Order. Leave the opposition. He loves to lecture on economics, but for him, it's actually all about the politics. He's made. Let me say to you. He has made his policy choice about fiscal policy. Now he's got to tell us how he's going to pay for it. The business secretary, not a man known for his candour, said this. You have to make a structural adjustment later on. In plain English, that means tax rises. Now, on this side of the House, we've made our choice. It's called spending restraint. Isn't it clear? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it clear that the Prime Minister favours tax rises? Mr Speaker, the Leader of the Opposition on 30th September... Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, Mr Speaker, the lightweight thing to do would be to make unrealistic promises about slashing Labour's spending plans. A lightweight response to the problems we have at the moment. Now let me tell him the difference between monetary and fiscal policy. He proposes, he proposes, he proposes we only use monetary policy, yet only a few days ago the Shadow Chancellor was saying it would be impossible for the Bank of England to cut interest rates because of our fiscal action, and the bank cut interest rates by the largest margin for years, 1.5%. And as for the present circumstances, everybody in every continent round the world is saying very clearly monetary policy is not enough. He wishes only to use monetary policy, but everyone, right-wing governments, left-wing governments, are saying monetary action will not be enough, and that's why we need to use fiscal policy. That is real help for people and for families now. If he's setting his face against that, then he is setting his face against helping families and business through the difficult downtown they face. The Prime Minister is so fond of trading quotes, let me give him one I found from just yesterday. This is the former economic adviser to his own government, Derek Scott. He was asked... He was asked... Well, he did advise them. <laughs> Order. 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 He was asked. 
he was asked he was asked about the government's claim he was asked about the government's claim that this recession was largely not of their making and his answer was that is largely drivel thank, frankly that is what he said let me let me let me use some words let me let me use some words the prime minister might be very familiar with and they are these unfunded tax promises simply do not add up they mean tax cuts before an election leading to tax rises after an election that is what he said as chancellor just a few years ago now if he doesn't if he doesn't agree if he doesn't agree with his employment minister, if he doesn't agree with his chancellor, if he doesn't agree with his trade secretary, perhaps he can tell us, does he agree with himself? Mr Speaker, only, only a few days ago, only, they, they all shout, but only a few days ago, the leader of the opposition himself was saying that borrowing had to be allowed to happen. Then he changed his mind and he is depriving people of real help for businesses and for families. And the issue will come down to this. Do we want to help people through difficult times, a downturn that every country in the world has faced, a downturn, by the way, that even the Americans agree started in America? Do we want to help people through difficult times or do we want to take the advice that was followed in the 1980s and the 1990s by the then Conservative government and to do absolutely nothing to help people in time of need. We are going to be the party that helps people through this difficult downturn. The Conservative Party have changed their policy yet again, and now they are unable to help people. And as the Deputy Chairman of the Conservative Party said only a two days ago, as he said, the recession must take its course. We will act. They would refuse to act. Order. Andrew McKinley. Will the Prime Minister agree to meet a delegation of MPs, including myself, who lost, constitu who lost constituents uh, due to the use by, of, by the IRA of Semtex and other weapons uh, which had its provenance in Libya? Can I say to him that we are disappointed that the Foreign and Commonwealth Office has not yet taking the initiative of following America's example and negotiating with Colonel Gaddafi adequate compensation. And I believe that members of all sides of the House really would want to press him, along with victims' families, to address this wrong, remedy this wrong, including the Honourable Member for Belfast North and colleagues from the SDLP, and from people like myself. Uh, uh, in, I, in I do believe that the Prime Minister has got the point. It's a very important uh, point. I'll be very happy to meet him to talk about it, and then we will review what we do. Clegg. Speaker, uh, I'd like to return to the issue of the uh, bank bailout plan. We supported that action because we were told there would be strings attached, that the banks would be forced to lend. Yet every member of this House will have heard of the way in which local companies are receiving emails from their banks, forcing them out of business overnight. So what evidence, what concrete evidence, does he have to show that his bailout plan is working? Mr Speaker, the first thing to do was to provide liquidity to the banking system. The second thing to do was to recapitalise the banks so that they would not collapse. And some of these banks would not be in existence today had we not taken the action we did to recapitalise them. And I'm pleased 
that he supported us on this. The next thing to do is to secure the funding that is necessary for small businesses and for mortgages. And I say that we have expanded the Small Firms Loan Guarantee Scheme. We have also uh, arranged for four billion of funding from Europe. We are meeting banks and uh, building societies almost every second day to look at the issues, uh, both technical and the other reasons why the lending has not happened in some cases. And we are ready, and we are ready to take further measures if necessary. But I hope he agrees with me that if we take further measures, that may cost money as well as cost the banks changes in the way that they operate. And I hope he will support us when we do it. Clegg. Any complacent reaction to when, when, thousands, when thousands of jobs are at risk. We all know he likes to strut his stuff on the world stage, telling everybody that his plan is better than their plan, but his plan isn't working where it counts, here at home. The bankers can't believe their luck. They've got billions of pounds of taxpayers' money, they can keep their bonuses, and they don't have to lend to companies. If he is too weak to get tough on the banks, will he at least... Will he at least consider, will he consider ways of lending directly serious money to businesses instead? First of all, uh, under, under the scheme that we have, they have not taken their bonuses as members of the board. Barclays has just announced yesterday that they will not take their bonuses as members of the board. So we are having some success and I hope we will have more success in persuading the executives of these companies to take full responsibility. As far as the resumption of lending is, take, is concerned, every country in the world is facing this problem. We are all looking at what we can do. What has happened, let us be honest, is from a period where banks were prepared to take any risk, they are averse to risk, and we have got to turn that round. And that means that we're going to have to build confidence in the future of the financial system and some of the measures we've already taken, but I hope he will support the measures further that we will take. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Does the Prime Minister agree that it is right for councils to go on encouraging their tenants to take up mortgages which they can ill afford to repay? If he thinks it is wrong to encourage people to take up mortgages who only on benefits and arrears have been bankrupt, will he please tell Birmingham City Council, which is controlled by the Conservative Party, that they should stop taking advertising in their own council tenants' free sheet which, for companies which facilitate just such loans? Well, Mr Speaker, in, in, in any area where there is irresponsible lending practices, we must look at that very carefully. And I will look very carefully, I will look very carefully at what she says about Birmingham City Council. David Burrows. Thank you, uh, Mr Speaker. The US uh, President-elect wants change. Will the uh, Prime Minister ensure that extradition, extradition arrangements are changed so that UK citizens like my constituent Gary McKinnon are not routinely extradited despite having Asperger's syndrome? And will the Prime Minister listen to cross-party calls for an assurance that Gary McKinnon will be repatriated following a conviction in the US? He's referring to a case of his constituent, uh, which he has taken up with Lord, Lord West. Uh, the UK has important obligations in this area, and we take our obligations seriously. I'm sure he will, however, be aware that the case is before the courts again on December the 5th, and I can't comment on any specifics. But as I understand it, both the UK and the US are signatories to the Council of Europe Convention on the Transfer of Sentenced Persons, and this would enable a person found guilty in the United States of America to serve the sentence in the UK. Beg. For those of us who have had to suffer post office closures in our constituencies, Mr Speaker, the recent news that the post office card account would continue was extremely welcome. Yeah. Yeah. 
but more has to be done. So what else can the government do and what else can it encourage others to do to make sure that we, we see the continuation of the existing branch post office network? I, I, I believe that the whole House will support the decision that was made on the post office uh, card account. That gave us stability to the post office network at very difficult uh, times in the economy. We have also invested two billion for the next three years in helping the post office network and we will do what we can to sustain services. Uh, and one of the ways that we can sustain services is for people to use the post office network. Can we, um, can we now have an answer from the Prime Minister to the question posed by my honourable friend, the member for Ludlow? If it were true that the economy is better placed than any other to come out of the recession, just what is his explanation of why our currency has fallen so far and so fast? Yeah, yeah, well Mr. Speaker, that, that was the first time I ever saw him lost for words. Now that he's, now that he's asked his uh, question, let me just say to him, what makes our economy in a good position to deal with the problems that we face? Uh, first of all, that we are able to bring interest rates down. That was not possible in the recession of the early 90s, when interest rates were 15%. What makes it also possible for us to be strong is employment remains high in this country, 3 million more than in 1997, something that was not possible in the downturn of the early 90s. What is, also strong about, what is also strong about our country is that company balance sheets outside the financial sector are in a generally healthy position, and that is something that will stand us in good stead. And what also stands us in, in good stead is that we are making the right decisions to come through this, not the wrong decisions. David Taylor. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. As the chair of the All-Party Group on Smoking and Health, I today joined uh, Cancer Research UK at the Department of Health to present a petition of over 50,000 signatories calling for a prohibition on point-of-sale tobacco displays and tobacco vending machines and the introduction of plain packaging. Does my right honourable friend agree with me that more measures of this kind are needed to protect our children and young people from the impact of tobacco marketing and to discourage them from starting smoking in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I, I applaud the action that he has taken. I, I do also applaud what Cancer UK has done. Uh, we will publish our response to the consultation that they have been involved in very soon and we'll bring forward a new national uh, tobacco control strategy in 2009. Uh, tobacco uh, use in this country has fallen from 28% to 22% and for children from 13 to 6%. But that is not good enough. The age of sale of tobacco products was raised from 16 to 18, and stronger sanctions will be made against retailers who persistently sell cigarettes and tobacco to children. Sir Robert Smith. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Earlier this year, the Prime Minister visited my constituency to meet with the oil and gas industry to hear about the challenges of taking forward investment in the North Sea. What reassurance with the pre-budget report coming up on Monday can he give to the many thousands of people in the northeast of Scotland and throughout the country who work in that industry that the government remains committed to maximising investment and production from the North Sea to protect our security of supply and maximise future revenues for the Treasury? 
continue with the enhanced support that we've given for new investment in both new fields, shields, fields west of Shetland, and also for an enhanced recovery rate in existing fields. And much of the oil that can be taken out of the North Sea in the future is in existing fields, some of which have already been left behind, where with enhanced technology there can be enhanced recovery rates. And we are determined to support that. And I cannot say what is in the pre-budget report, but we are determined to support that extra development work and then production in the North Sea. Gordon Prentice. Isn't it uh, an absolute disgrace yeah. that, that yeah. 40,000 yeah. students are still waiting for their education maintenance yeah. allowances? But isn't it right that the Learning and Skills Council has today sacked Liberata, the dysfunctional private sector company that is supposed to be delivering on this? And what can we learn about the culture of contracting out and outsourcing when we have this example of something going so pear-shaped? The private company that is responsible for the delivery of the educational maintenance allowance has not delivered. And we are taking action to protect the students who are affected by this. And I believe that there will be action announced in the next uh, few hours. Can the Prime Minister explain why it is that over the last three years, employment of British workers has fallen by over 300,000, while the employment of migrant workers has increased by 900,000. Mr Speaker, I I, I just tell him as far as his constituency is concerned that that long-term unemployment is down by 80%. And I I I thought he would be far happier that instead of what happened in the last downturn, There are three million more people employed in Britain than there were in 1997, and more people who are British citizens are employed in Britain since 1997 as well. Mr Speaker, last year in Yorkshire, 158 employers were caught not paying the minimum wage to their employees 10 years after it was introduced by this Labour government in the teeth of Tory opposition. What more can my right honourable friend do to ensure that these rogue companies who do pay poverty wages are brought to justice quickly and speedily? Mr Speaker, the minimum wage was raised uh, to £5.73 on October 1st uh, and it was raised to £4.77 for 18 to 21-year-olds. Mr Speaker, we will do everything in our power to ensure that the legal minimum wage is applied in every part of the country. We have doubled the number of inspectors who are monitoring the the development of the minimum wage. In addition, addition, we are going to introduce legislation so that tips cannot be taken off the minimum wage, that people should be paid tips on top of that. Thank you, Mr Speaker. In the real world, the difficulties small businesses face with banks are not just to do with lending. Uh, a constituent of mine that came to me, he previously had a small business loan at uh, base plus two and a half percent. Last week he went back to the bank to get a replacement business loan and was quoted base plus four percent. Effectively, he was not given the benefit of the fall in, in interest rates by, by the Bank of England. When are we going to have real action to yeah, stop yeah. banks treating our small businessmen with such contempt? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Speaker, this, this, is, this is exactly what we plan to do, to take action to help small businesses through this difficult period. I just, have to, I just have to tell the opposition parties that that will also cost money, and those people who resist fiscal activism at this point, help for businesses and families, are making a very big mistake. Mark Thurkin. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. As the government...
consider rightly targeted timely fiscal measures to assist growth, can the Prime Minister assure us that they will remember pensioners who will spend to good economic effect any extra money they receive from either a one-off top-up this year of the winter fuel payment or from the automatic payment for three months of pensions credit, which could assist a number of pensioners through the hardship of the winter and would also improve take-up rates of that credit for the longer term. He's absolutely right. We want to help pensioners through these difficult times. We've already raised the winter allowance to £250 and it will be paid in the next few days. We've already raised it for the over 80s to £80 and that will be paid in the next few days. Any additional action that we take to help pensioners through these difficult times that I know people in this side of the House would support will require extra resources. And the Conservative Party have really got to make up its mind. Are they going to deny people real help to families and to businesses in difficult times simply because of their ideology or are they going to support us in helping people through the difficult times? Thank you, Mr. In point three of the G20 communique, it makes clear that policymakers should take responsibility for what went wrong. He signed up to that communique. He has been the policymaker for the last 11 years. Why can't he take a, uh, responsibility and why can't he apologise? Because what, what the section was referring to was financial regulation and what had happened principally. And what had happened and what had happened principally in the United States of America. And if the Conservative Party cannot accept that the problems that we are facing started with the subprime market in America, and they don't seem to be able to understand that even the regulators in America accept it happened, first of all, in America, if they do not understand the sources of the problem, they're never going to be able to solve the problem. Constituencies uh, like mine are set to benefit from, in the near future, new schools, new hospitals, new health facilities, new social housing. Um, and these are put at risk by the public spending cuts from the party opposite. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that constituencies like mine throughout the north of England would be decimated by proposals such as these? Yeah. Speaker, I want, I want us to be able to say that in difficult times we were able to maintain our services in education and in health and in other areas. If the Conservative Party have the way, as the Vice Chairman said, that the recession has got to take its course and do nothing to try to help people through these difficult times, then they will make the return of growth even more difficult. We are going to take action to help people through difficult times to get growth into the economy so that we can move us out of this downturn more quickly. And I had hoped to think that this would be the united view of the whole country uh, as well as the whole House. But unfortunately, on one side of the House, we don't yet have agreement. A point of order, Mr. Bourne. Uh, yesterday, the Chancellor of the Exchequer made a written statement about bank recapitalisation. And he said, I have today arranged for final signed versions of the agreement to be placed in the library. Since yesterday, I've been trying to get those final versions. The versions that are there are undated, have gaps in them, and where it says amount, they're left blank. They cannot be the final versions, Mr. <coughs> Speaker. I wonder if you could help me obtain them. I thank the Honourable Member for raising this matter, and I will look into the matter, and, and, and we'll see the tickets delivered to the Honourable Gentleman. Order. SO24 application. Miriam Miller.